150. Sulkum is flashing through. Here comes Sulkum. Sulkum from the clouds. What a win. Sulkum wins it. PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for checking out our year-round carnival podcast where each and every Monday we have a good look at the best racing from Melbourne and Sydney and it was the best racing as you heard there from Meg- Matt Hill's magnificent calling thanks to racing.com and Caulfield just lit it up so we'll start there uh, and then do a bit of a deep dive into the Randwick highlights as well. Good morning Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning Ralphie, how are you? <laughs> oh mate, I'm, I'm still singing the killers too, that, that is just such a fantastic horse Mr Brightside isn't he? Well I've got to say unbelievable, it's really crazy, i <sighs> As much as I love that horse, I wanted to pose it on Saturday. Yeah. Because I just thought it might be flattened by the run, the start before. And of course, I had zero, and I mean zero, expectation that there'd be no speed. That was really, I, I just couldn't believe the pace of the racing. This is after the event, of course. Yeah. I wasn't too sure what was going on during the race. So, you know what? You know how come that horse is so close? But this is uh, Mr. Brightside, and then I've looked at the numbers and I go, "Wow! Can you believe it?" Because my initial thoughts was, "We've got a new superstar here in Brightside to be able to overcome a flat line run." I thought that would be just unbelievable, and there it was, six point seven lengths below benchmark, and that sort of gave me a bit of comfort in the end, but. It was phenomenal. 6.7 lengths below benchmark first section, 3.2 lengths above benchmark between the eight and the four, and match the speed over the last 400. Overall figures, probably as high as I could score it, was uh, plus 2.3, slightly down on the start before. But genuinely, Ralph, when you look at this horse's um, blueprint over the last couple of campaigns, I really genuinely thought at best that horse was probably going to run like two, one and a half. Yeah. And he scored victory and he was never going to get beaten. And that's probably the biggest thing. 
So uh, I'll ask you, we'll, we'll start with a couple of members' questions here just to set up this Memsy from Peter. Hi, Vince. Mr. Brightside looks to have come back better than ever. Doesn't seem to have any chinks in his armour. He handles all track conditions, all speeds and tempos, all barriers. Seems to be bulletproof. In your opinion, how will they beat him this preparation, assuming fair luck in running? So let's pull that apart a little bit because we're not here to be a cheer squad, but we he is a fantastic horse, full stop. But here's, here's the query about would he have a flat line run? In the Lawrence two weeks before, 2.4 lengths above benchmark first section. Here on Saturday, you've just said 6.7. So let's look at apples to apples here because we've got Caulfield 1,400 two weeks in a row. And he's gone what? Nine lengths slower first section? Craig yeah. Williams, too smart. Just put him forward because he's happy there. And this is that was the absolutely the winning move. And look, Ana Visto obviously and then – according to the team, something was wrong. I was nervous about how fast would that horse really go yep. with D-Lane on board because he's such a – he's very, very controlling up front. He doesn't like to just rip on the horses. But I thought that Alligator Blood would keep it honest, but that horse is too relaxed, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the Alligator of a few years ago, Ralphie. Happy to be on speed, whatever the pace is. And Craig Williams – the god he created the winning move. He said, "Right, I'm there." He felt it. No tempo. I'm just going. I'm coming out of the gates. So I'm taking my spot. So I, I'm the the more I did the work, I just could not see a spot for Mister Brightside. I thought, well, "Where are you going to be in the run? I can't find any spot for you." Well, there yep. it was. He had no spot. Three wide, no cover. And I'm I'm standing there. I went to the race, watch it with a mate, and I'm. I was like the uh, you wouldn't have seen the movie, but the movie, The Big Short, the guy who predicted the uh, the uh, big. Uh, 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 crash of the uh, housing market in 2007 and he's wow. just, and before it crashed he kept on saying how can this not crash how can this not crash and it crashed and I'm thinking how did it not go through one day cover and boom he's there I said well, well that's where I expected it to be but the speed or lack of speed here let's try and work this out Anavisto friendless in the market yeah. so that said that she actually probably hasn't come up and then Ollie is the late replacement. Tim Clark, unfortunately, gets injured on the Friday. What have you always said about Damien Lane that you've already touched on? But also Ollie, they don't like going too quick in front. So in the end, both those horses well below their usual speed profile. Yeah, yeah, 100%, Ralphie. And wow, that that's still to score victory. Oh, despite all that. The slightest, of course. No, 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 I'm with you, Ralphie. Yeah. My expectation was exactly that, and I was – I was trying to understand how the hell did I get that wrong? Because I know from experience that the older horses, the ch- the probability of winning under that type of setup with a backup, you know, I call it a quick backup, 14 days, it's like it's under 5%, Ralphie. So, you know, I take those things on all the time, right? <laughs> now, I didn't take it on in terms of laying it, right? But the reality was that was my decision then to go to allocate a blood that doesn't get the first three. Uh, but... You know, putting that aside, that performance, how are they going to beat him for the campaign now is the question. Because that's a golden run in terms of overcoming your flatness. Sure, it got everything delivered to it, but you can't take away, like you said, Ralphie, how wide the horse was with no cover. It's never an easy thing. Even with the slow pace, you still have to overcome that adversity. Perhaps the last thing was, uh, okay, the horses are rounded. Was it too much merit? Well, I wish I win. We know that's a superstar. And the reality was there's no way knowing that horse could have been absolutely ready to go first up, generally speaking, if they're 
you know, looking to win one of those, uh, the Everest, right? That's but, his goal. So, sole focus goal. And off this race up, I actually thought the horse was a chance on what I expect to be a much faster race. And here we are on a 8.5 lengths below benchmark. Well, really not too far off the leaders, right? Yep. Quite quite a surprise. That was probably a little bit further evidence that they weren't going fast, but the finish was booming. And Princess Grace was also probably going to be underdone, Ralphie, from the last start because that was in a horrific race last start, like 15 lengths or 16 lengths below benchmark first section. And I thought, oh, well, fast run race, that's going to be a negative for the horse because they're going to find that last couple of hundred metres being a little bit too challenging because they haven't got the right race fit conditioning. But got the good race shape. That's another horse that I expect to come on big time. So really, all, all four of them, in the end, are going to just trend upwards dramatically, but they're going to all have to be bright side if they run into it. Uh, well, no doubt. And I suppose that how, how can they beat him? Well, maybe the question will be how how can they it, – it'll require pace up front. That'll be the starting point. Now, that doesn't mean they'll beat him, but it will mean you want to you want to be bringing some real special heat like uh, Alligator Blood can do when, yep. he's, when he's right. And I dare say, I think I'm pretty sure it was a minor injury. Certainly hope so with Tim Clark. And uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, the, the Waterhouse team will say, righto, Tim, put the mouth guard in. Let's find out. <laughs> yeah, well, something's got to happen. But that's... That's that's that is what it is. Yep. Uh, so put put some more meat in the bones with I wish I win because obviously Everest next start and we, so many things can happen, including Giga Kick who k- kicks off this week and other sprinters emerging. But twelve point two length mid race squeeze and notice there in the figures there, Vince last uh, he he peaked at his run at the two hundred. Yeah, he did peak at his run, but it was there was huge, Ralphie. It was absolutely huge what that horse did for. A runner that's got to go to the Everest, right? Yeah. 8.5 below benchmark, like you said. Big squeeze in the mid-race of 12.2. So that's a high high exertion of two seconds. And then dropped off about a length. So obviously Moody's got this horse very, very fit. In terms of figures, 1.9 above. That matched what, what it did at Caulfield two preps ago, Ralphie. Which and was then, this meeting? This yeah. is the meeting he emerged. He uh, he ran faster time that day than the Memsey, but as you said, overall on the scorecard, it's 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 exactly the same. Yeah, I mean the first section was virtually identical, though eight point one versus eight point five. Yes, there was a difference in the mid and, and the finish, but is is that the no more runs for this horse, or is it going to have another run no, straight to the Everest? Right, six weeks wow. time. So that was <laughs> that's that's been the plan the whole way through. And uh, I didn't see Pete, but uh, be fair to say, I bumped into someone from the stable, and uh, their smile <laughs> was here to ear after that run. Oh, because that that's what if they could have that sort of finish, they'd be over the moon. Yeah, well, that horse has come back superbly. And okay, well, who am I to say that Peter Moody? Just, he's, he's, he can do anything as well, especially when he's when he's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Mark's asked about your thoughts about uh, both In Secret and I Wish I Win their respective races to the eye. They both ran super, looked to have impact on the carnival. So we'll get to In Secret when we yep. when we uh, do Sydney. Troy's, uh, Troy's asked about Amenable. Now, uh, all of Australia, of course, uh, <laughs> saw the way uh, this closed, but um, he, his close was pretty serious. In fact, I'll, I'll read it properly uh, from Troy. Um, and this is our members, of course. Our members get a chance to ask questions. I always flick out an email on a Sunday because we're not here without our members. Uh, amenable was huge in the Memsey. Does the data suggest a step up to 1600 next start should suit? Should he be considered favourite for the Golden Eagle? So I'm not sure if he's going that way or the Turak. So th- those things are up for grabs. But the one thing is, Vince, 
it's now, and I'm certainly not playing it down, I'm just setting this up for your question here, Vince, but it, it, it's easy to sprint off a slow tempo, but it's not easy to produce a monster mid-race and sustain it. So that's what he seemed to have done. Well, he definitely did that. It was the second biggest mid-race of the day, 15.3 length squeeze. That's probably as much as that horse can sort of extend itself, particularly off a 12.5 lengths below benchmark first section. The last 400 metres, of course, that was an eye-catcher, plus 7.1 was, oh, of course, if, when I look at it compared to so what it did at Sandown, first up last campaign, Ralphie, you have yep. a look at that, virtually the same split through the first section, 12.8 versus 12.4 below benchmark. Then the mid-race was at Sandown was 2.1 above versus 2.9 here. And then the close, 6.7 at Sandown, 7.1 here. So you can see the similarity. It's nothing that, is not known about this horse. This horse is capable of producing that, but may not be able to deliver that off a faster pace, though, or anything close to that. I was about to say, so 12.4 lengths below benchmark, or full of merit, everything you discussed, but let's say in a Golden Eagle, uh, assuming, of course, it was on a good track, and looking at last year when I wish I win, won that race, he'd have to go probably 12 lengths faster, minimum. Yep. Um, now, that's well, the unknown. That is the unknown. But we've seen a lot of horses, they can reverse them, Ralph, yep. they can reverse Good them. horses can. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, good horse, and this, this may end up being one. We don't know. Yeah, absolutely. There, there is some intel there that sort of gives you the insight in this race. Like, even though I hadn't scored the horse above benchmark, but there was one run that I was looking at when I looked at the matrix on the racing analytics platform, and it was giving an indication that potentially the horse had a plus one and a half to its name, and therefore was going to be a fringe player, definitely wasn't expecting it to be competitive and probably end up doing slightly better than a fringe player. Absolutely. So let's see how it progresses. Uh, Danny's asked, enjoyed listening to the pod each week. Thanks for the intel on fast lanes at Caulfield. Jockey Craig Williams was reported as saying he had no issue being wider Mr. Brightside in the Memsey as it was the best place to be. I had an A-grade multi-bet on Brightside and as for her, can you tell me what the data suggests for these two runners? So Danny's had a huge day and good on him. Yes. So before we move to as for her, just been in, in uh, we should have a bit of an overall look at Caulfield here because um, clearly you didn't want to be hard defence, but there was that strip four to seven off and exactly as you expected. The lanes didn't move again. No, no, they didn't move, Ralphie. <laughs> and there was, you could, oh, well, the good part was this, Ralphie. Anywhere between sort of a length to eight lengths off the lead pack, you could win. But the majority of the horses were in that cluster of one to four lengths from the lead speed and you were... Anywhere from the majority of winners came from lanes five to nine. Yeah, I'm just looking here. So the first two races, first, sorry, first and last were lane nine. Yeah. Uh, but really, uh, what is it? Uh, of the, the other eight races, seven of them were lanes four to six. That's a pretty thin strip. Uh, and, but that could be circumstantial as well. Well, the good news is this, and I like it when this happens, that none of those runners will be overscored in terms of, see, the real hot lanes, no one could get to them, realistically. And that's like, it starts at 10. Yep. Especially when the rail's in the true, Ralphie. It starts at 10 and gets quicker as you get wider. So I felt, even though a couple of them, like, in race one, was right on the fringe, and the last race devoted, right, like, right on the fringe, the reality is they were all inside the lanes. Yeah. And, of course, one or two off the fence. You, If you're away from that, you might save a quarter of a length. So... They're all going to be genuine builders. 
Yeah, I mean, that, and we discussed it two weeks ago. Caulfield Rail True is a totally different track. Same suburb, <laughs> but Caulfield Rail 10 or 9 or whatever it was a couple of weeks back. And the other thing that I liked yep. was I didn't see the major problem. And, and that, it, it probably really only happens when it's wet. That cutout between the, you know, coming in just inside that 600 metre mark from the 550 all the way to the 350, yep. usually it can cut out very badly. But when I look at it, you have a look at it, Ralphie. From the to the eight hundred was point three one. It was probably slightly quicker than that. There was because I felt there was two races that were just a touch unders in terms of the race pace. We touched on one of those races, but then when I look at the six hundred meter point point two eight above standard to the four hundred point six four and the fastest part of the track, as expected, the last two hundred meters plus two point three, we were. G3, G4, all the way to the last 200, then rock-solid G3, maybe slightly quicker because they were getting into those wider lanes, but that's about as good as you can get that track to play. Beautiful. Good to hear, and let's hope more to come. As for it, the money was fast for it, and, and rightly so. I mean, it's got, got a fantastic first-up profile. It's got a fantastic profile, full stop. The, probably the, the the left field query might have been magic uh, magic time. There was some early money for it, but I, I assume uh, the, what my reading of the data, and now I'm going to ask you, is that uh, magic time's going to improve out of this, but as for it, came to play and had the perfect race shape for it. Well, I really felt that it stamped itself as a solid horse, 1.9 overall, fourth best of the day. Good pace, really, 2.1 lengths below benchmark, not far off that lead speed, which is good to see that the horse could just take the sit. Uh, 1.8 above benchmark between the 8 and the 4, that's just even, nothing rock solid, but he maintained that all the way with a surge over the last 400, plus 3.6. So a few things, number one, no question the horse is coming up to its top. It, it was clearly demonstrated by the way it finished off the last two splits of the race, 1.7 above it between the two and the four and 1.8 above last 200 metres, giving me a lot of confidence that, I don't know, are they, are they going to just stick to this distance range or have they got something else in mind? They're going to have a crack at 1,200? Do you know at all, Ralphie? I, I don't know, but I, I also wouldn't be surprised. That my, my assumption is that uh, with the Moyer at 1,000 in three weeks' time, an opportunity to win a Group 1, I'd, I'd be surprised if they didn't go back to the 1,000 at Mooney Valley. Right. Okay. Well. What's your, what's your thoughts? Fork in the road. 1,000 or 1,200 best. Well, the good thing about it is this. If it goes to Mooney Valley, because at the moment, you know, jury's out. So yeah, on the you, track itself, yeah. Yeah, but if you're on Pacer, jury's always in, right? <laughs> so, so he's very happy for that. But I just feel that the horse is running like it can get 12, right? So yes. I'd love to see that because the possibility would be there. But in terms of where it's come back, all right, last campaign 1.7, this time in 1.9. I, I don't know if that's a true reflection. My view is that, yeah, of course the horse has come back at least maybe half length, maybe one length better, which is terrific. We could see a plus four horse, but I don't know. Um, obviously, that wouldn't be good enough to win a, you know, something like an Everest. But, yeah, it's hard to say, Ralphie, but I just have this feeling this horse is – we're going to see its best campaign. Now, because I'm not insane, I'm not suggesting it's in the same class as Nature Strip, but what we're saying here, what, what I want to put to you is that there's a bit of Nature Strip about this horse in the, in the figures in that she's learning to relax with racing. Now, have a look at February 2022, what she did at Caulfield over 1,200 metres. 
there was no way in a hundred years back then she could relax like she is now in the run. No, no, and that's the big difference. I mean, even that last run at Ascot, I had to go plus four first section. Yeah, well, that was the heat of the quokka. Yeah. <laughs> but minus 2.1, that's a cruisy speed for her. Oh, absolutely cruisy. And I have no doubt the way it settled and the way it finished off the overall. Like, it's all about the sustained speed, Ralphie. It was excellent, excellent sustained yeah. speed. Well, wherever they go, it's not going to be an easy horse to beat. <laughs> no, let's look at the Cockrum. Uh, the punters uh, rightly uh, had it as a two-horse race. Paracel, the money came for a big time. I just half wonder if it was Cummings and Carr versus Jason Warren and Stackhouse. I'm just talking about the, the big teams. Look at the uh, high profile versus the lower profile, but he's done such a wonderful job with his Benedetta. And she looks like she's still climbing. What's the what's the market say? Uh, the numbers say, rather. Yeah, well, yes. Well, Benedetta was a fantastic performance. Of course, so was Paracel. There was probably a couple of other runs that were also very, very dynamic, which we can touch on. Yeah. Firstly, Benedetta... Coming into the race, Ralph, when I was looking through the numbers again, just going through the the you know racing analytics platform, having a good look at the matrix, all the indicators were sort of giving me a, a solid confidence that the horses should be running somewhere around 1.2, 1.3, right? Yeah. That's what the indicators were, and it's, and it's run right to the number of 1.2, sixth best of the day. It does have a PB of 1.9 from... Flemington last campaign, it's trending to its profile. That's probably the only sideways view I have with the horse. It's not going beyond that at the moment. It's just trending to it. But this race shape probably didn't allow for the absolute best to come out of the horse. So that's why at the moment I'm just having the reservation, even though it ran to the number that I expected. The reality is it's still trending to the 1.9. Those two first sections turn this race into a 400-metre sprint. It probably helped Paracel uh, be closer in the finish because I feel if there was more speed, that horse wouldn't have run in the money. I'm not saying it's a bad horse. I'm just saying there would have been a couple of others that would have would have beaten it Yeah. finish, and that was just race shape related. They've just come from slightly further back, and that's a road to Ataki was just outstanding, and so was the other one that um, Crest McGuire. Shame as Zeke. Yeah, shame. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I've got no hope of getting that one right, Ralphie. <laughs> but that's right. It, it ran third to in secret in its previous run, and Graham Beagle heard. I listen to one hour radio week, Vince. I listen to Saturday mornings when um, when uh, the trainers are interviewed on RSN, and he said, he said, just be careful, punters. It, it's it's a good horse, but it's going to need this run. And yep. I reckon he would have uh, he would have left Caulfield delighted with that run. Yeah, he he's got a rock solid profile, like. You know, around this range, you know, one and a half, two range. So that, that possibility is good. And Road to Ataki, again, there was some hidden merits that you could find in the Racing Analytics platform when you go into the matrix. You could see there was a couple of runs where the overall IVR figure was underscored and there was more merit, particularly when, you you know, a number of those horses that had more racing, you could see that there was more potential to come. And no surprise, and I expect, you know, some you know, very positive things from both those horses. But at the moment, they're just trending to those numbers. They're not trending to those plus fours and fives that we want to try and find to win the absolute giant races. But I don't know. I don't know where they're pointed to. All right. Well, speaking of giant races, uh, Solcombe's aimed at the Melbourne Cup. V8's aimed at the Coilfield Guineas, oh. maybe even a Cox Plate. 
We'll park that. That'll be our members bonus. So if you want to be a group okay. one member, um, Alice has asked us about Solcom. So uh, our group one members, we're going to do a bonus podcast, 15-minute bonus podcast, because there's so much good racing to talk about. Uh, but before we – so we'll swing on to Sydney. But if you want to be a member, I'll send you the bonus podcast. So racetrackrelfie.com.au. Click through the links. And if you're a group one member, you will receive the bonus podcast. Let's have a look at Ramwick, Vince. Looked like it played uh, reasonably quick. What's the, what's the numbers say? Ah, oh, Ramwick, fantastic. Well – when I look at the overall scorecard, firstly, the first section, there was a couple of races there where they were, again, a little bit like Caulfield, underpaced. We've come up with an overall, overall score, 0.31 faster than standard. And it's pretty much maintained itself as well, Ralphie, as far as overall goes, which is very, very good for this particular track. Uh... <sighs> Yeah, that last 200 metres of track, probably half a length faster than Caulfield, Ralphie, 2.93. So that was rock solid G3, borderline quicker than that. So I, I couldn't get that wrong, Ralphie. I, I liked everything about how that track was. And, of course, where you needed to come from, no surprise, like where you had to be. The place, realistically, was lanes. When, when the rail's in the four position, you need to be four to seven off the fence. And that's where the majority of the winners came from. Many of them came from like lanes 10, 8, 10, 9, and, and 12 in the last race. Uh, all right. Well, before we uh, ask you about what actually happened as, mar- as far as the uh, the place getters in the, in the Concord, uh, uh, what, what, what do we do in tribute? Do we put our laptop in the air or whatever? But the, to Nature Strip and uh, to Eduardo, I know we're always talking about the future, but the, the, that's it for them as racehorses. And, uh, and, and, and uh, salute to both these fantastic sprinters and also to the magnificent care they've had from uh, particularly at the end of the, in the, in, at their last trainers in, uh, in Chris Waller and Jay Pride. Yeah. They've been machines, haven't they? Yeah, they, they've done their job, and we've had a lot of fun with Nature Trip over the years, particularly like from a horse that you know wasn't ever going to be a twelve hundred meter horse. Absolutely, <laughs> I mean that's just just says you know how good Mister Waller was as a trainer and the horse as well to be able to build itself up. And yep, it came out and it was there to see what you could do, <laughs> but the reality was. It really wasn't going to do anything anyway, Ralphie. And the yeah. same goes for Eduardo. They're, they're done. And I don't know what they're going to do with Eduardo. No, they've gonna... retired into. Oh, yeah. well. That's retired, yeah. Good move as well. It's yeah. great to see. Yeah, move yeah, on. Nash looked after him over the last 200. You can tell that was it. They, 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 these these great jockeys and Nash have been part of Eduardo and Jane Mack with, uh, um, with of course, uh, uh, Nature Strip. They, they they looked after their champs when, when it was all over and it was all over, no question. Let me ask you about remarks. So, this is what we wrote first up last prep uh, when he won. Very promising sprinter starting his second prep as a gelding. He's taken himself to a new level, 1.3 lengths above benchmark, Rose Hill, 1100 resuming last time in. And this was when he scored 2.4 above benchmark, best of the day, Ramwick. This is back in February. Yep. Minus 2.4 at the 800 point. For mid-race, before plus 7.1, last 400. What we really like was he's able to do this at 1,000, but he's now a relaxed four-year-old. He can be better over slightly longer. We look forward to measuring his progress, but stakes race is now well within his scope from here. Well, he had two unplaced runs, albeit one in the Galaxy, but on Saturday, he's just random what he did first up last prep. Yeah, fantastic. Really, 2.3 above. Probably got a slight lane edge over the other two because it was the widest of the three runners. I'm picking at straws though, right? Yeah. The reality was they're all very, very similar, but the performance was fantastic. 2.3 above, best of the day performance. And when I look at the race shape, it's not much, you know, minus 1.5 first section. It's not that easy to go much faster. 
over a thousand meters. I mean, you can find that extra length, but that was as bad as good as you want to go race pace wise, which was I felt was fantastic. Even in the mid race, 0.9 below benchmark, just not probably a high exertion in the mid race. It was all about the last 400, Ralphie, and it was dynamic. The whole field had to really push 5.6 it ended up with. Not the best in terms of the last 400 compared to some other runners, but had to do all the work and deserve the victory. The question is, like, where does it go from here? This is the big question. It's not a, It's not easy because you sit back here and say, okay, well, you're running to your profile. Are you now going to take that next step? I'm just sitting back here trying to ask that question myself. You know, are you going to now become – I know some people are already talking about this could be a Everest horse. Well, I have to wait and see. Well, I mean, he, he's um, the market came for it and he's had uh, he had a throat operation. Uh, hence, hence they, they, I heard Wayne Hawkes talk about this with Jerry Whateley. So they've obviously had some issues. And because the market came for it, there is a chance, I suppose, Vince, that they really wanted to see what he was there. So he was probably more forward than logically in secret Bella Nipotina were. Um, yes, but Bellman Nipotina, of course, I thought was they made the smart move coming back, yep. uh, coming across from Melbourne to Sydney instead of staying in Melbourne because this was a much more winnable scenario and the 1,000 and the metre setup was probably golden. They were probably a little bit disappointed that they didn't get victory. But the reality is, uh, we know like, Bellatine, Bella Nipotina's top end's about 2.9, Ralphie, and, it's, and, it, and it is on that mark, right? So uh, the only horse that I can genuinely say right now is going to take that next step has got to be in secret because the 2.2 overall, that's huge for this horse first up 1,000 metres, Ralphie. It hasn't been able to go past benchmark. What, when resuming? Yeah. Oh, so so uh, let, let, let's use that phrase again, trainer's intent. Well, <laughs> her grand final's also the Everest. So uh, James Cummings, you're saying off these figures would be delighted with how she's returned. Well, if I'm, if if I draw to the, you know, end curve of the graph. Yep. 5.2 was its peaking performance last campaign. And if I take, what I usually always do is just get some insight and I'll take a low point in terms of a first up run, and that was two preps back, ran with 1,200 metres, not even 1,000, minus 1.3. And where it ended up with a plus 2.2, my view's this. This horse could run plus 7, plus 8. Now wow. that means. <laughs> that means uh, I wish I would better turn up too. <laughs> well, they better all be making new PBs. Wow. So that's, that's, that's a big step that you put yeah. there. All right. Uh, Adam's asked, and we've covered it, but just to acknowledge Adam's question, I'm sure you can discuss the Concord. Re uh, remark return looks super. Any thoughts on a minute? We'll back the inside. So we've covered that. As far as the Chelmsford stakes, Navajo Peak now. Of course, we didn't have it for this week, uh, but we did sizzle him a couple of runs back. Uh, sorry, the, the end of his last prep. He has got some talent, but dear me, once I look at this race shape, when you say, how does a $41 shot win? Well, this is how it wins when two uh, bolters are sharing a very, very soft lead. Or not bolters, but a big, uh, a double figure odds. Uh, Lindemann and, uh, and Knight's Order shared a very, very soft lead. To look at his figures, Vince, he was the only one in the right spot, Navajo Peak. Yeah, but look, when that horse won, I go, what? What happened there? <laughs> and then I, I, I probably done, mate, might have done the same thing as you. I said, oh, well, the horse does have ability, but I was expecting another day tomorrow, next run, a few runs down the track, yeah. when we're going to see something where it needs to be. But 
oh, you know, went at one. I said, okay, figures aren't going to be high. Benchmark. That's a good return. Mm. That's a, right on this horse's profile. Race shape, that's you summed it up perfectly. 5.1 lengths below benchmark was the race speed, and this horse is travelling three lengths off that speed. That's You don't want to be much further back than that off a no-pace race. And then then what makes it harder wasn't a 400-metre sprint. It was really a powerful overall last 800. The speed came on, and this is what makes it hard to come from further back when they put the injector mid-race pace in, and then they just sort of kept going to the line. I mean, Navajo, what did it do? It was 10.6-length mid-race squeeze, and <laughs> I'm just looking here, Ralph, and I'm going, okay, one horse has gone 20.7. I mean, that just goes to show how diabolical the race shape was. And when you're extending yourself over a mile and you've got to find mid-race squeeze of like 18 to 20, this is bordering three lengths exertion, you, there's no more, Ralphie. I mean, the very best horses struggle to find three seconds. You know, it's just so hard to do. And then what, have a finish at the end? And the reality is, think it over, two, three lengths too far back, Lindemann, while I was creating all the speed, you could just see clearly in the end it was all uh, conditioning that blew out there. That horse was gone at the 400. I'd... So I'll just ask you a bit more about that because we've got a question from Brody. Uh, would love your thoughts on Lindemann going forward. Looked yep. a great platform race for next start, 2000. So he's led at a soft tempo, but first up, he, the stewards reported that he was coughing. He clearly wasn't right. He was only $15 on Sunday. So even though he led at a soft tempo, that's probably the bridging run he needs to now get back on track, isn't it? Well, he definitely needs that. And the sad part is, last campaign, there was some excitement. I had some excitement about yeah. this horse as well, right? <laughs> I did the overs. <laughs> yeah, but at the moment, it's only trending to that profile. And you know, Ralphie, we ain't going to be winning Cox Plates and that if you're oh, only no. de- delivering, you know, <laughs> plus twos, right? Yeah. It's not going to win you those races. But the reality is, at the moment, it's just trending towards a 2.6. And I probably had higher expectations. We'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> But this is a uh, this is a, a Vince Cardi one hundred and one from uh, late August, early September type runs where over the years you'd watch Bart Cummings horses they're out the back they're doing nothing you think well you're not going to be in for a big prep and then all of a sudden they win Melbourne Cups or Caulfield Cups or whatever yep. and you go how did they do that well this is the mid race so have a look at the mid race of the good stays here Who Your Mel that we saw in the Melbourne Cup Manzois that won the Derby Tua who's a Group One winner <laughs> they're the ones that you said all oh, had to exert twenty lengths yeah I was massive. And that's when you see that type of extension, you know that they they've obviously come back very, very well, and their sustained speed. And this is what stayers can do, and they can have that explosion. I mean, nineteen point nine, who you mel, and do ask what was that? Twenty point four. I mean, <laughs> it, it's it's monster. It really is absolute monster. Of course. Off, off a slow pace, but that's when you know if they're going well. They're going to the maximum end of the world, and they keep running through the line. Their last 400 metres was strong. Duas was 4.3, last 400 above standard, and Huyamel was 4.8. They were all solid, and think it over, I thought that was a fit, decent run as well on what it ended up doing, slightly below benchmark. Uh, overall... Probably hats off to the stayers, Ralphie. We've been asked about uh, Just Fine, so I'll save Just Fine for the members' bonus as well because yep. uh, it looked like a good return, so let's see what the figures are there. Let's ask you about Pericles in the uh, in the tramway. Uh, well, you put a nice stamp on it in, in our members' bonus when it's trialled. It yep. returned well, 
and it's returned well again. It's had a very cruisy race shape up front. Uh, so what, what's the what's the intel uh, explain to us here? Because uh, it, he couldn't have got it a softer softer lead, could he? No, no, no. I mean, nine lengths below benchmark. You just go through its history. It's t- <laughs> well, well. There was that Caulfield run. I know uh, the Sandown run all the way back in February. Ralphie ten point nine below yeah. benchmark of recent times. Yeah, pretty pretty soft first section. I love the move in the mid race though. It was almost nine lengths at the squeeze, and then the last four hundred was super strong. Five point three. It was never going to get beaten, Ralphie. That's probably the big thing, and did it without having to put any effort in. And I have to always say, it's never that easy when you come off a benchmark first up run to be able to still stay in a very controlled manner when you're going nine lengths below benchmark. So it just sort of gives a clear indication. This horse has come back superbly, really, Ralphie. I mean, plus 1.1. I know he had only turned a half length above, but that was all to do with the first section. Oh. I remember said it, but this could be their golden eagle. We said this uh, six weeks ago. Yeah. So I, I know he's, got, he's obviously got a leap, but what you're saying, it's almost like Brightside. He's, he's been able to get away with a, with a win in a very cruisy tempo, so he's still got much more to come. Oh, he's going to explode off that run for sure. Hope in your heart uh, was was fantastic. We know she's fantastic. Tell me about Alentia. I kept on saying to myself, why is it $2.50? Like it was so good when it won. Uh, was this race shape or was it disappointing? Well, the the challenge is this, a little bit similar to what we discussed at Corford. When you have the exertion coming into the mid-race and you're off a slow pace, it does make it hard because that you sort of get that overextension in the mid-race. And Alentia, Hope and Yar, both those runners, and even Zyrek, all three of them, had to put in some really big exertions. I mean, Open Your Heart's coming from 14.6 lengths below benchmark. Zyrek's 13.8 below and Alentia's 12.8. The first two horses, where are they? Minus 9 and minus 9.8. Everything else is in double digits. So it just gives you that clarity that if you weren't like leading or right on that lead speed, it was going to be hard. And they've all made big moves, but they couldn't reel them in. I can't fault any of the runs, right? Even even Alentia, Ralphie, when I look at that last 400 metres, it was pretty solid, 5.7 above. Zyrek was 6.3. But open your heart, out of those three was probably the best run, Ralphie, out of those three horses. I mean, 8.2, faster than standard for the last 400 metres. That was pretty solid. But that's as good as that horse can go. So I'm wondering where that horse is going this campaign. But I'd say Epson would have a big circle around it, I reckon. Epson, okay. Yeah. Right. There might be uh... – all right, I'll, I'll, ask it. Uh, yeah. I'll ask it. I reckon there's a little sneaky one there too that we haven't touched on because you mentioned it at the trials. Particularly, like, so it wouldn't be like Sydney for, for Ray to hit on a big day, would it? <laughs> that can happen. <laughs> so my Oberon, that's a perfect return. Well, we know this horse has got – uh, an abundance of talent. We, I don't really believe we've seen it at all last campaign. No. I know there was there was that run of plus three right at the end, but the reality is the return, 1.3 lengths below benchmark, slightly better than what it did at Sandown last campaign of, of 1.2, but behind, I guess, where what my expectations was that this was going to be huge when it won at Mooney Valley that day, Ralph, and it produced yep. 2.7 above. It's trending, it's trending to its numbers at the moment. That's all I can say. Trainer, trainer intense, interesting. So yep. we'll see how that unfolds. Furious, there wasn't a lot from the figures there from the Furious, so we'll, we'll give that a miss. Um, 
in the meantime, thanks so much for uh, checking out our Year Uncountable podcast. Like I said, members bonus. We'll have a look at Just Fine. We'll have a look at V8. And we'll have a look at the Solcom Amazing Return. If you'd like to be a member via my website, racetrackralphie.com.au or Vince Carty's work, dailysectionals.com.au, including his Saturday morning race speed profiles, the best information you can get in Melbourne, Sydney, or Brisbane as well. Thanks so much for listening to Year Uncountable.